0: Talk. Good evening, America.
1: Joseph, we'll turn it over to you, my friend. Good evening, America.
2: Hey, how's everybody doing
1: right tonight? Great. How are you doing, sir?
2: Doing all right. You know, I, I, I wanted to put the challenge out. I don't know if I did last week, but to the people out there that are listening, or the people that listen in the archive of the show, you know, I'm sure if we were spinning a wheel here with dollar bills at the end of it, or if we were talking about sexual perversion or something, or a fo- football entertainment, or something silly, the, the the people would be falling all over themselves, pulling over on the side of the road just to call into this podcast just because they, because it would tickle their ears. But you know, and and we have people that listen, and we have pastors that listen, and people that call themselves men of God, or or you know, to build up their churches or whatnot. And you know, and and like I said, you know. I put that challenge to interact with your New York government here, your republic, because this that's what this is. And that's what I, I want to put out there, at least if I didn't do it last week, put it out there The people that listen in the archive. Next week is 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay? Call in. Interact with your republic. You know, after the first 30 minutes or so, uh, after the Republican forums, you gives their message, people are welcome to interact and ask questions if they if they must. Not rep- repetitive questions where we hear the same questions over and over. And republic it's not what the republic can do for you. I think that's the wrong impression a lot of people get too when I when I put the show out there or I put the message out there or people are what can what what can you do for me? It's not what the republic can do for you. It's what you can do for the republic, your country, your government. What are you doing for your country and your government right now today? What are you doing Going to work and paying your taxes is not being an American. Okay, being an American is getting out there and being proactive and and becoming involved in your neighborhood, your community, your 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 county, your city, your state, your town. Okay, and getting involved in everything and all the all the aspects of what's happening. You know, I had a conversation this week. Uh, it was a little bit of a uh, debate, actually, where you know Romans thirteen they threw in my face. You know, uh, we're just passing through. You know, we're not going to save anything. Boy, if if the founders uh, took that attitude or if great men and great leaders throughout world history took that attitude and that assumption on the way we should live day to day, boy, where would we be today? We surely probably wouldn't even exist, or we'd be in chains for sure. So to have that type of attitude is wrong. Now, I'm going to ask this question, or Governor, if you can ask, or somebody, please, uh, I, I'm going to interact with the republic here. What say you about that? This there's this attitude from a lot of pastors or people that are out there preaching the word of God. This Romans 13, they say, "Give on to Caesar, what is Caesar's? Uh, we can't change anything. You know, uh, we shouldn't be you know have, worrying about what's going on in the world because God has a plan and nothing's going to stop that plan because nothing happens unless God allows it to happen. What what uh, does anyone want to comment on that?
3: Joe,
1: this is Roger. <laughs> it's interesting. I want, Yeah, just a minute, Roger. Joseph, you know me pretty well, and so does Roger and most of these other guys. And, and would you all believe that God prepped me for this question tonight, for the conversation I had earlier with Gene or regarding this conversation? And uh, I'll relay a short story, make it quick. I was accused in a counseling situation of having an attitude I needed to go and pray about. So I did, and, and what God showed me was this. He said, "Well, you're supposed to reflect me and, and be a reflection of me in every way—truth, love, justice, mercy, all these things." And yet I kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden; they lost their blessings and their covering. I, I got fed up with what was going on, and I saved uh, the world, Noah, and, and uh, destroyed the world, and at the same time, He said. Uh, I finally got sick and tired of the battle, and I sent my son to the cross to, to uh, come back victorious over death on the grave and get everybody a way out of this mess. He said, you know, he said, uh, you're supposed to have an attitude, too, uh, just making sure that uh, it's in alignment with the reflection of my attitude. And apparently God has boundaries then. And if we don't, as free men and women, uh, exercise our, our boundaries in a moral and just way and allow the enemy to come in and stay within our gates and actually encourage you. the enemy to come in and take over our country, then who's at fault? Uh, so, attitudes? Yeah, that's a good question, Joe. What do you think?
2: Well, I, I, I'd uh, like to hear what Roger has to say on that. He wants to get in here on that. I, <laughs> I, wanna, I would like but, to hear you know,
3: whatever. Joe, you know, When you look at all of Paul's writing, because Paul is the one who wrote that passage of Scripture. And it wasn't really a passage of Scripture. It was a letter written to the Romans. Now, first of all, think about that. It wasn't written to anybody else but to Rome, the church at Rome. Why Rome? Because Rome is where the government seat of the world was at that time. Okay, Paul never talked about politics. Paul never once ever writ, wrote anything about the Roman government and how we as Christians are supposed to follow the Roman government. No one in any of his writing is that ever seen. What he was talking about in Romans 13 was not a political government. It was the structure of the church government. Paul always talked about the church, not the the secular government. So when you read it and you understand it from the Greek and the Hebrew, you find that it's strictly about church-level government, the structure of the church, the pastor, the deacons, the elders, Mm -hmm. and so forth. That's what he's talking about. And there is no way that Caesar of Rome is going to be told by God the creator that we the people are supposed to follow Caesar because he loves God so much. No, it doesn't work that way. Now, you look at our country. We don't have leaders in our national and state and local government that love God so much that they allow the people to have all the freedoms to worship God. No, they want us to worship them. Why is it then that when that all that came out in the uh, early 20s, after the, the towers came down, FEMA was going around telling pastors all over the country, you instruct your people to follow Romans 13. They have to follow the federal government. And what did the federal government say? that the church people are the number one enemy of the government. That's found in the Patriot Act. So that is why Romans 13 has nothing to do with the worship, the giving, and all that to Rome or the government, but it's only to the church government itself. So that's, that's what the teaching of that is. So that's what I tell people when they ask me that question. I used to get asked that all the time. I haven't here lately because I think I've told everybody so many times they just quit
4: asking me.
5: <laughs> uh, thank you, Justice Waters. Caller in the line 3023,
4: get your hand up. Thank you, Governor Henning. This is Gene Hurtler oh. and the author of Reinhabited Republic for the United States of America. And I want to affirm what Justice Waters just spoke about, Romans 13. That's been taken out of context, and it's also been a propagation to defraud the American people of the truth, and especially those of the church. And those that would want to judge me as a female, I want to say to you that the scripture says that there is neither Jew nor Greek nor male nor female, but that we are all one in Christ Jesus. And don't put me in a box. I know the word of God. I'm spirit-filled. I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And I live the word of God. And what the gentlemen have spoken here today is right on. We have a limping, bleeding America because we we got usurped, founded on Christianity. America was founded on the word of God, the laws of nature and of nature's God. It's right in the Declaration of Independence. That's our law form. That's the law form for the American Republic. We got usurped in 1871, actually in the Reconstruction eras era during the Civil War years and then furthered on as we went through progress, the progressive era, where we were demoralized as a people, where they infiltrated every institution of America, both governmental, educational, and church. They lied to us, they demoralized us, they took away our history from us. And if you don't know your history You don't know who you are or what you have. You've been robbed. And I wanna say to you that we have to get it back. You have to have the knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We need to get that knowledge back. We need to reverse the curse. You need to know your knowledge, get the reinhabited series. And I'm not about selling books. We gifted the rights of the books to the American Republican, ultimately to the American people. Because we want to regain that knowledge. We want to know who we are. The church has been lied to. The seminaries have been infiltrated. They've been told lies about the founding fathers. They don't know that we were built on a biblical culture and that they built a model of Christian government. And if we don't get that right, if we don't get that right, we're going to lose it. We want to live in the jurisdiction of liberty, and we have liberty only because of the laws of nature and of nature's God. And we're right on the brisk. We're right on the, the brink of losing it. We want to go back, Isaiah 33:22. for the Lord is our judge. That's the judicial branch. The Lord is our lawgiver. That's the legislature. The Lord is our king. That's the executive branch. He will save us. We need to turn to him. We need to get it right and go forward. And Isaiah chapters 58 and 59 those are what speak to America today. If you don't know those chapters, become familiar with them and become familiar with them quickly because that's the fact that the Lord would have his people choose today.
5: Amen. Thank you, Gene.
1: I love that. I love that. Uh, God put a Willie Nelson song in my life here not long ago It speaks right into knowing your history. And it's a really catchy way of looking at it. If you didn't know the day you were born, how old would you be?
4: Mm -hmm.
1: How important it is to know your history.
4: Mm
6: -hmm. Yeah, beautiful,
4: (laughs) beautiful. Right on. Yay, Willie. Willie knew. Willie knew, Mm -hmm. and Willie fought for it with the farmers, didn't he, Governor Carpenter?
1: Yeah, you know that was uh, that was the beginning of uh, you know really uh, ratcheting up our our re-inhabitation process through that. that after the farmers and farm aid, yeah, and the SAR and all That's of that.
2: Great.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well I tried to get I tried, like I said, Romans thirteen is very, very important. You know, I got into those discussions uh with some friends and uh you know, they basically were, were trying to tell me, you know, yeah, well, you know, we're only we're only passing through. You know, where this isn't our home, you know, which, you know, we, we our home is heaven and that God has a plan and there's and we're not gonna stop that plan. But we're not trying to stop God's plan you know and and I just really didn't know how to 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 really try to they kind of caught me off guard with that conversation and and I know they mean well, and I'm not trying to tear them down, but at the same time, meaning well is sometimes basically we have all these church leaders or pastors out there and 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 they you know basically what they're trying to say is you know look, we'll just leave it up to God." You know uh, they, that we're you know we we're not going to change, it. and I don't. It, that just lights a fire under me sometimes because consciously I just can't think to believe that that's the right way to believe. You know. Yes,
4: yes, Joe. Joe, I want to I want to speak into that and and say right on, because uh, they infiltrated our seminaries, they infiltrated everything, and they propagated a lie to us. If if we knew our history as a people, we would understand that our founding fathers really continued when our forefathers, pilgrim separatists came to the new world on the North American continent, seeking the freedom to live out the Holy scriptures, the Lord's table in the wilderness. And then after them came the Puritans and they learned um, the model government from the pilgrims. And, it, it all germinated forward in covenants with the Almighty, beginning with the Mayflower Compact and going forward to to where we came to the Declaration of Independence, which, which is a declar- which is a covenant with the Almighty God, and with that, they came to seek to propagate the commission of the Lord, the Great Commission to share the gospel of Christ Jesus throughout the world. They knew that they had the model government. They knew that they had God's government, that that was the Hebrew government. They learned biblical republicanism, and that's where it flourished was on this covenant. And we've been so lied to when they usurped us in the Civil War years in the Reconstruction era, and then we know about the Act of 1871. But with that, we also have to understand that Christopher Columbus Lango, that became the dean of Harvard Law School in 1870, that changed the law system from what we had based on the laws of nature and of nature's God, and going forward how they infiltrated our education system in the very early 1900s, we lost it. And if we don't know our history, we don't know who we are. And that's part about- of the judgment. On the sins of our fathers to the third and fourth generation. The fourth generation is us, the baby boomers. Yes, sir.
2: uh, another the subject too is the tax the five hundred one c three churches they, they, and that one angered a few people where they said well you, you just go ahead and not try to pay your taxes or try to or try to go mm-hmm. out there and preach and not be a five hundred one c three church and they said you know and they were they I mean we're not trying to tell people not to pay their taxes but can you can you just explain okay. uh, the five hundred one c three status thing and why it's so wrong.
4: Yes, and David probably has a better handle even on it than us. But we'll remember President Eisenhower in 1959 with the Flag Act, um, Article 4, I think that is, USC 4, the yellow fringe that was put around the flag and those flags that are situated in the sanctuary. The yellow fringe on that flag means that that is a holy W-H-O-L-L-Y, a wholly owned government corporation. When you file for a 501c3 status, you're filing with your state government to become a corporation. Those churches, when they became a business corporation, they became part of the state government. And now that government is no longer the American Republic. That became the corporate democracy, that which was usurped. It's a Luciferian government. Like Dr. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, said, democracy is the devil's own government. I'm telling you, this is the devil's government. And we have progressed to the era in eschatology of the prophetic scriptures, and that's where we are. And the churches today that have filed the 501c3 status are part of that government. They are not a church, and Jesus Christ is not the head of the church. The state government is. And... They are obeying the church government. They are not preaching the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. I could keep going, but I'll stop there.
2: Wow, well, that's powerful. What you just said right there—that's that's amazing, and I and that's what I wanted to hear. And and I would, you know, and if anyone disagrees with that, then uh, I wish they would press one if they're listening here tonight. I don't know who's listening.
1: Before we go to that call, let me interject to answer your question a little bit further, Joe. Before we go on to the next subject, Kelby Smith has a website, uh, hisadvocates.com, and Kelby addresses a lot of those issues and offers uh true improvement solutions for those looking to disengage uh, from that. And uh, so, uh, anyway, thank you for letting me interject to that.
5: 9681, are you there? Yeah, I'm there.
6: Hello. Hey, Joe, how are you? Yeah. This is Brother Ray. All hey. right. thank you. I had uh, a few comments. Um, First, in, in the Bible, we have to understand the difference between a physical church, a church building with members in it, and there's unsaved and saved together. And then there's another church called the spiritual church, and that's in Christ. So Paul always opens up his epistles saying the church at Ephesus, who are in Christ. That's two different locations. So when we speak about Jews and Gentiles, males and females, we're speaking about the spiritual body of Christ. But God has set up a distinct and separate places for males and females. And so, therefore, to say that a male is is, is equal with a female, it's not true. We should reverence the females, and they are the weaker vessel. However, you know, physically we know that. Physically, they don't have the bone mass that we have. Physically, they don't have the muscle tone that we have. And physically, they don't have the weight that we have. Their minds also work differently than our minds. And so we have to understand that when we say we take things out of context, well, we don't take things out of context, we have to study to show ourselves approved unto God. And Romans 13 is very clear about obeying the government. Peter says it, they obey every single ordinance of, of the higher powers. And, and so, therefore, the only way that we revolt or we have civil disobedience is when they tell us to violate the word of God. And that's what happened in this country. See, the settlers first came because they were oppressed in the the countries that they came from, and they sought religious freedom here in this country. And the usurpation happened back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned and gave the crown and the throne of this world to Satan. And so to say that somehow we can turn this thing around and bring it, it's, it's like saying I can board a plane and make the pilot, Go to the destination I want to go to. Things are going to play out the way they play out, and that's just the way it is. The world is not going to get better. The world is going to get worse. That's just predicted by the Bible. And so when we talk about these things, we have to understand that we're sojourners, we're pilgrims, we're ambassadors for Christ, and we preach the ministry of reconciliation. The only thing that we can do to change a person's life is to change a person's heart, and the only person that can change a person's heart is Jesus Christ. And so if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you don't know that you're a sinner, well, one day we all die. And after that, the judgment. But the first thing we have to recognize is that we are all sinners and that we're in the need of a Savior because God is an eternal God and there needs to be uh, an answer for that sin. Peter was asked by Jesus, whom do you say that I am? And Peter answered, thou art the Christ. You see, those things were revealed unto him by God. And the same thing that Jesus Christ he says, If I be lifted up, God will draw. The Father will draw all men unto me. And so the only thing that we can do is just live our Christian life and not give into the world in the worldly ways. Because the world is going to do what the world is going to do, and there's nothing that we can do about it. Because God's plan will come to fruition. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And those that are in Christ will be participants in that new heaven and new earth. And so I just, I used to be really into the news and all this other, it's just polarization, that's all it is. And, and and I found myself distracted and discouraged and deceived. And everyone has a bias. So no matter what newscast we watch, we're going to see it through that bias. And then I realized that the devil uses distraction, deception, and deceit to pull us away from the walk that we should be walking. You know, Paul said, walk worthy of the vocation where you were called. What's our vocation? Our vocation is Christians. Of course, we all have different spiritual gifts that have been given unto us. And so therefore, we exercise those gifts and God has equipped us with the necessary grace to fulfill those ministries. We all have a ministry of reconciliation and we all should be out there telling people about Christ. How many times have we met a woman or a man and we couldn't wait to tell every single person about the person that we just met. And, oh, my goodness, so beautiful and so just all intelligent. And, and just the list goes on. And you just talk about it for, for, for everyone you meet forever. And that love for Jesus Christ should be the same thing. And we should be focusing on furthering the kingdom rather than furthering this world. Because there is nothing we can do to change this world. Now, of course, Christians can go into government and try to, you know, change the things that where, for instance, abortion, and try to make abortion, it's against God's law, and it's wrong, it's amoral, and it's murder, right? You can go to prison for killing a, a pregnant woman, and you get charged with two homicides. However, if a woman wants to have an abortion, then that's okay. And there's, there's states that want to have an abortion up to 30 days outside of the womb. That's amoral, right? So now Christians who take office, they can try to combat that and try to make policies and laws and regulations and rules. But what happens is there's there's all of these people who are unsaved. There are all these people with their own agendas. There's all these people who belong to a party, and the party has its agenda. And so the individual doesn't really have any force or effect.
4: I appreciate so much what this gentleman had to speak, and that's so important and again, knowing our history, we will understand what what our forefathers, the pilgrims and then the Puritans, and then our founding fathers, what they did is they set forth God's government on the earth. That's the kingdom of heaven on the earth that they, they built on biblical republicanism based on the ancient Hebrew republic with Moses. And they perfected that or tried to perfect that with the new covenant. And I want to bring forth a scripture that is disregarded today or not spoken of. And that's Acts chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world begun. And if we go into Daniel chapter 7... There's all kinds of scriptures that talk about that the kingdom has to be restored in the dominion back to the saints of the Most High. That's our generation. We can't disregard that. And they did that except it was not perfected. They had error, and they knew it. They knew that their descendants were going to have to perfect that. But since we haven't known history, it's been hidden from us. We've lost that. We've been blinded to it. It's part of the judgment, but the blinders are coming off. And we have to understand that we're coming into the times of restitution of all things, that his kingdom is arising and that the dominion is being transferred back from, from the sin of Adam and Eve. It's being transferred back in the time. It's on the prophetic timeline back to the saints, of the most high God, to the overcomers. And we have to understand from history what it was that we had, what it was that our forefathers gave us, what it was that our founding fathers lost because of the sins of the fathers and not treating all men as created equal. And then we have to understand that we got usurped, we lost the American Republic, we lost the law form of the laws of nature and of nature's God that is cited in the Declaration of Independence as the law form for the American Republic, and we went forward. With the Luciferians, with the Freemasons, with their corporate democracy, and being ruled out of the Washington, D.C., with the the Freemason temple there, uh, with the devil's own government, as Dr. Benjamin Rush uh, stipulated there, what what he said democracy would be. That's what we're in. But it's time for that to end. But we aren't going to understand that and know how to go forward unless we understand our true history. We must understand the fullness of the the entire story of our history. And that's what the Bible is. The Bible is the greatest history book. It's still the best seller on the market. It has been of all time. But you have to understand it, and you have to understand it in in fullness. And there's been false doctrines that have been taught since then, like the doctrine of Zionism and the uh, the, uh, the devil's own background in eschatology in there with the rapture theory and so forth. That's not what it is. We've got to regain it. And I exhort people to read The Reinhabited Republic for the United States of America, Book One, Volume One, America's Truthful History. It's all from original source material. Everything comes from original source material on what our founding fathers, what our forefathers and foremothers believed, what they knew they were doing. At that time, you look at the the monument, monumental, the pilgrim monument to the forefathers, what it cites right there. It's all right there. The Statue of Liberty is a Freemason memorabilia it's not our true statute we can't go forward unless we know our true history and volume 2 is the story of the re-inhabitation what men and women of god knew and understood and were led by the spirit of god to give notice on the corporate democracy of all 50 state governors to return our government back to the american republic and then they also served the organizations and institutions around the world the Luciferians around the world and what was being done followed the laws of nation to pull this thing out of dormancy and to restore it. And the American people have to get behind that. If they want the American Republic back, if they want God's government and God's favor back, they have to get behind it and stand it up.
1: Thank you, Gene, for, for sharing that. Then the gentleman uh, that was speaking, I... I... Your words were well-spoken, and I understand your heart. It reminded me so much of my father uh, and the way he would deliver that message. And he was a a Moody graduate, uh, held degrees in theology, history, sociology, and and, uh, I applaud you.
6: Thank you. I appreciate
1: it. I do want to ask you one question, though. It is stated in the Word of God that If a people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, then you know the rest of the verse? If we were to take that covenant and and run with that thought and then put it in a world perspective that we live in today, I think we'd be a lot closer on target in our conversation, if you understand where I'm going with that thought. Because that opens up a whole new world of thought that isn't commonly taught in the church within the body. But yet it is a covenant to this people. And we're living in those days and we find ourselves regardless of what we've been taught to believe as Paul said, look at what's going on around you and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And all of a sudden, you know, if you take that other little detour in that covenant, what's going on in this world becomes a whole lot clearer. It makes more sense. And we know who the author of confusion is. And so far far be it from us to say that that we know it all. If the people who are called by my name humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek What if we go down that train of thought and look at where we're at today? All those things you're saying are pertinent and still true, but just in a different light of responsibility. Knowledge is a heavy taskmaster, and once we have the Holy Spirit in our lives guiding us and directing us, and and you can't unlearn certain things in life. And the church and humanity itself, in my perspective today, is. Is looking at a situation where you can either accept life as it's given to you and the cards you're dealt, or you can take those cards you are dealt and you can make a winning hand out of it. But it's all in the motivation and in the perspective. And with that thought, all you thank you for participating. So I appreciate it.
6: So in the Bible, there are seven different covenants. We know that Noah had a covenant, and the sign was a was a a, a rainbow. Abraham had a covenant. The sign was a foreskin, you know, the circumcision of the foreskin. Uh, David had a covenant, everlasting throne. Uh, Jesus Christ had a covenant with the father and, and all these, all these covenants, they, they end or they begin with the shedding of blood. And so when we look at the Old Testament versus the New Testament, we have to say, when does the New Testament start? The New Testament doesn't start chronologically. It starts at Matthew. But theologically, it doesn't start until the death of, of Christ, because it's the shedding of the blood that brings us into that covenant. And we're in Jesus' covenant. We're in his inheritance. And the thing is, is that the time of restoration, the time of restoration is when Jesus Christ comes back with his saints, and he sets up his kingdom here on this earth. And the humbling of of, of his people speaking about the Jews, and sometimes we have to oftentimes... When we're reading some sometimes often difficult passages, we have to look at the context. And then we have to understand that the scripture has three applications, a historical application, a doctrinal application, and a spiritual application. So, for instance, the temple, right? We can see that the Holy of Holies, well, that was a teaching that was taught to the Jews specifically back when they were wandering in the wilderness. And then we know that historically that's who he was talking to, and doctrinally that's who he was talking to, but spiritually, the believer now has access into the holies of holies through Jesus Christ, who is now our our high priest. nation of Israel had a high priest, and it was a physical high priest. But Jesus Christ is the spiritual high priest. So the Levites had the physical ministry, whereas Jesus Christ now has that spiritual ministry. And so just like in the Old Testament, you had to obey the law, and if you broke the law, you had to bring sacrifices for your sins and get repentance. And every year, they had to um, offer up a scapegoat and, 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 and kill a lamb for the day, on a date of atonement. And we know that that's Jesus Christ. And so, therefore, you know, without those elements, then a person isn't saved. But we're saved by grace through faith and not of works lest any man should boast. And so we see that there's distinctions in the Bible how God deals with man. He deals with man differently in different ways, which is called a dispensation. And we've already identified a dispensation in the Old Testament, the law, and the dispensation of the New Testament when Jesus Christ sheds his blood, grace, right? All we have to do is accept Christ, and, and, and we're in. The Jews, when they sinned, they had to bring the sacrifice. When we sin, we just confess our sins. First John one nine says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And what has happened when we come to Christ is our past sins were, were, were forgiven. Our present sins are forgiven and our future sins are forgiven. So what the, what the, uh, the apostle Paul said is that we're his workmanship that was foreordained. And so therefore the works is part of our salvation the fruits of our salvation it doesn't have anything to do with our salvation all we have to do is profess romans 10 9 and 10 says profess with your mouth and confess no confess with your mouth and profess with your heart because unto the heart Amen, man is un- <laughs> with the heart man is with righteousness right and so yeah, sure. so when we when when we study those word that word we have to understand we have to make those distinctions what is, who's god talking to what is he trying to teach and how does this apply to me today?
1: Well, I'll, then I'll Sorry. stand in disagreement with you because I'll stand in agreement okay. with you that I'll profess the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, and I'm going to stand on that covenant that if the Ameri- if the Christian people decided to take control of their their situation and live under God's rules and under covenant with Him, that it would be world changing. And I believe that that's what that covenant is still in effect. Well, and I'll stand on that right. and thank you, sir.
6: Yeah, thank you. And I agree with you in part. And this is the part that I agree with. If the church goes out and makes disciples, as Christ has said, then and, and, and disciple people, because oftentimes we lead men, women, children to Christ, and then they're just forgotten about. We don't invite them to church. We don't follow up. We don't call them. We don't fellowship with them. And so. If if we do these things, and Jesus said a disciple, and we know that that word disciple means discipline. So having a discipline in Christ and being taught the basic doctrines, getting the milk, because milk is just regurgitated food. It's something that somebody has told you that you researched and looked in the Bible, right? Then there's meat and strong meat. And meat, you have to hunt for. You have to go into the woods. You have to track that animal. You have to make sure you're downwind from him so he can't smell you. You have to get your arrow out. You have to, you have to hit him. Then you have to chase him because he's still filled with adrenaline, and you might not have hit him in the heart, and so you've got to wait until he, he, he falls. Then you have to skin him and dress him, and then you have to dissect him and, and bring him back to your house. And that's what strong meat is, right? We open up the Word of God, and we start studying it and asking God, to reveal these things to us. See, too often Christians want to just maintain with that milk. And if we kept feeding milk to a baby until adolescence, until adulthood, that would stunt his growth and, 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 and he'd still be a baby. And Paul admonished Gene the running, Hebrews. seen wanting to interject
4: the, here. Uh, okay. what, I, what I would like to interject is, is to stay on topic here. We need to understand that the early Americans understood that they were the church. According to the definition of the Bible, that the church is the ecclesia, it's the people. And they met at the meeting house. They didn't go to church. They were the church. They understood that. And with that, they had a social compact with each other. That was the covenant. That was their governance system. And the American Republic is governmental. It's not religious. It's based on the laws of nature and of nature's God. It's God's government. They understood that. So it's governmental, it's not religious, and it was a social compact with one another and they understood that they were the church. They didn't go to church, they went to the meeting house. Thank you, I yield the floor.
2: Well thank you, Jean. And and just so that we're clear, like you said, stay on topic is that Restoring the republic, and the republic is—is that how this all started off? Was is that the conversation? Maybe some people were listening. That's why I put that question out there. Is that is the main focal point? Is that a lot of people have that attitude? The gentleman that's on the phone right now is that as he made that statement, there's nothing we could do about it. We can't. You know we're not a part of this world, and that's not what we what we are. We we I don't believe that. I believe that you know we we're here, yes, but we have to we have to repent. We have to turn. We you know we have to seek out God. You know exalt as a nation that is righteous, and we're not righteous right now. And if we can turn it, through, there can be an awakening. God can do anything. Anything's possible with God. I believe that, that that comment's been made many times, and God can turn things around. God does have a plan, yes. I like it. And that plan will continue going down that course if we, don't do, if we don't get out there and do what we're doing right now, trying to win souls, trying to restore our republic, doing the right thing, you know, and, and, and having resistance to evil. You know, evil flourishes when good men do nothing. And, you know, and we can't allow evil to flourish. And I, and I think as being good Christians, we have to stand up to evil and resist the tyranny and take the chains off of government and get out there. Yes, and we can't do it unless God, we do it, of course, with God and for God and, and give all glory to God. That's that that's so um I don't know if anyone else here wants to take a shot at this or to just make a comment. But yeah, we want to kinda of stay oh, on topic, yes.
1: It's even it's even prophesied in, in latter days that there'll be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit across the face of the earth. And everybody has their own idea of what that looks like. Sure. But let's go down let's go down this road. That if the world who's yearning for peace and liberty and justice for all was to recognize the author and the finisher of that work, which is our Heavenly Father, then they would live in that knowledge and the Holy Spirit would be among us and prophecy would be fulfilled. So now I look at what's going on in the world around us as we discussed earlier in our dissertation at the beginning of this show. And we see Financial agreements being made among 214 nations. We see the cards being shuffled in front of us by the news, by, as I pointed out, the euro being one-to-one now on the forex. Follow the money is always a good rule number one if you want to know what's going on. And obviously things are going on around us that if we just take a look at a little different perspective of life's diamond that we live in and line these events up in a little different manner it all seems to be foretold in the bible just as for some reason we've got our place in this happening clouded because we don't have a clarity of information unless the person has the time and resources to get to the bottom of it like jean's done in her books and, and other people are gifted in other ways and we're all part of the body and we're Yes, but how Let's do we get the Christian? how do
2: we get the other Christians out there involved? You see, we have this division, it's, and you know, amongst us, a, and, and edu- you know, it's
1: education. It's education and yeah. conversation, and as long as we yeah. can converse like we have with this gentleman tonight, a peaceful, loving conversation that everybody wants to glorify the Lord and be a part of the solution. Amen, man. Nobody said we're ever going to agree, but steel sharpens steel. And sure. welcome to the conversation.
6: And, and by no means, I, I don't think that we should just sit by and let things happen. O- of course not. But we should, we should study to make sure that the candidates we put into office, they're, they're true and they're real and they're righteous, right, as far as their heart is concerned. And, and the other thing is, is that when I say that there's nothing we can do, there is something we can do, and that is bring people to Christ. Because if they have a new heart, then their, their heart will be to please God, and to please yeah. God would resolve a lot of things because the Holy Spirit yeah. resides within me, and so therefore, I'm, I'm convicted. And see, my convictions are where my beliefs come from, right? When the Holy Spirit convicts me of something, oh, I, I stole a candy bar. Oh, that was wrong. See, now that belief, mm-hmm. that's a sin, right? I've stolen. I've broken yeah. one of the commandments. Now I have to confess, and the thing is is that people no longer have the fear of God. One day when we die, we stand before a living God, a consuming fire. And mm-hmm. to to it took me many years to really grasp how holy He is and how unholy I am. And so that's that that's that, that fear of God. People teach it as though it's it's this uh reverence and we should have reverence. But I know this, mm-hmm. when I came home with from school one day, And I had a note pinned to my shirt, and I walked through that door. I feared my mother. I loved her, and I revered her, but I feared what she was going to do to me. And that's the same fear that we need to have before God, and to go out there and spread the gospel and be active in in young Christians' lives and disciple them and bring them to church. And even our neighbors and our brothers and our sisters just invite people to church. It's the only way that things will change because God, if God's not in it, yeah. then the house cannot be built. And that's just the way it
4: is.
0: And yes, thank you for your time. This, this brother,
4: this David brother David is exactly David right David on. John Father David John Adams, said that for a moral and virtuous people, and he's right on, we need a moral and virtuous people in order for God's government, the American Republic, to work on this earth. We need divine intervention. And that's the only way it's going to happen, to have holy hearts. When the pilgrims came over, if you go to the
3: statue, the the Matrix of Liberty above Plymouth Rock, on the very front of it, it says that they brought over civil and religious liberty. Okay, I want you to know, let's be really explicit here. Dr. Benjamin Rush said it this way. We built this republic, this government, on christianity all governments come from a particular religion and the pilgrims brought over christianity we built this government on christianity without he benjamin rush said this. without christianity you can't have virtue and he said without virtue listen to me now without virtue you can't have liberty This is what's missing from Los Angeles to New York, from Minnesota to Texas. What's missing in the worship centers across America is virtue. Where does virtue come from? It comes from holiness. Guess what? When you become born again, when you accept Christ, you already have all the fullness of God. You already have holiness. Holiness moves to virtue. There's going to be Amen. a book that's coming out this year, and the name of the book is God's Solution for America. Make sure that you get the book. Listen to me. One more thing i got to say. Noah Webster said it this way. A republic is a commonwealth, a Christian commonwealth, a state in which the exercise of the sovereign
2: power is
3: lodged in representatives elected by the people it's different in, it's different today it is not a democracy or democratic state it's where the people exercise the power of sovereignty person all 50 states in a republic all 50 states the clergy the worship centers across America have to be involved and put godly people god-fearing people in all three branches of government in all 50 Amen. states all 50 Amen. states all three branches of government in our nation's capital. Righteousness exalteth the nation. Proverbs fourteen thirty four. This Amen. is where we need to go. Righteousness must exalt this nation. I yield the floor back to you, sir. Thank you. Amen, David.
2: Amen. All right. Uh, Amen. I guess, uh, Ms. G- Governor Henning, I'll turn it back over to you to give rep- uh, get everybody their closing thoughts to tonight's uh, podcast here. <laughs> Pretty
5: powerful. power. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, what a what a great show this evening. Thank you all for coming here and sharing your wisdom. And and I absolutely agree. Without God, this will not be done. But I I understand that uh, heaven is going to return. As heaven is as done in heaven is done on earth, and God's kingdom is going to come here to earth. And this is what America's republic is. Is is God's government will be returning on God's shoulders. I believe.
4: What I would like uh, to say is God's solution for America is to bring politics. What John Adams, our founding father and a member that that worked on the Declaration of Independence, he defined politics as the divine science of God's government. That has to be back in the pulpit and to stand up the republic, the commonwealth, to bring back his government based on biblical Christianity – as it had been for the first 3 centuries of this nation it is not religious it is governmental i just want to
3: say there there seems to be a separation here between christianity and the republic it's it's yes. not it's not you got to put them together listen the, the the church was the church or the worship centers across america were tax-exempt before 1954 in the 501c3. you got to know that. They were tax-exempt. They did not have to get involved in the 501c3. And who, who was the one that emphasized the 501c3? Who was the guy that was whining? Who was the guy? It was LBJ, who was high up in the Freemasons. And you got to know, that in 1870, after the Masonic Temple was born, Albert Pike was told to come from South Carolina, Morals and Dogma, the book he wrote. He made his permanent residence in Washington, D.C. They made Washington, D.C. the world headquarters for the Freemasons. They, in 1871, they pushed God's tool <laughs> off to the side. And they came up with corporate democracy. What's God's tool? The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. We got to embrace our, our Constitution. All you 50 states, you have to embrace your state Constitution. You have to embrace the National Constitution. You have to embrace the Declaration of Independence. You have to embrace the Bill of Rights. With that, I yield, sir.
6: I like to leave with this passage. It says, For other foundation can no man lay and that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive the reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. As a Christian's duty, we should be more concerned about winning souls, because this is a spiritual warfare, and men's lives, our are, are men's souls are won and lost here. The other thing that distinguishes America from the rest of the world is that Israel was chosen by God, but America chose to serve God, and that's why we've been so prosperous. And America has turned their hearts and, and their walks away from God, and wants to create, not even Mark believed in a fully secular nation, said it wouldn't work. There's a place for the church. And if we're not winning souls, then we're doing the greatest disservice to everyone that we even talk to. Just think about this. At the great white throne judgment, we will sit there, and men, women, and children who are on their way to hell will be saying, how come you didn't tell me? How come you were my best friend? You were my mother, my sister, my cousin, my aunt, my uncle. You were my neighbor. Why haven't you told me about this hell? You knew, and you didn't tell me. And the reason, you know, Paul says there will be a great falling away before the end times. And we're in those perilous times. And, of course, every generation says that. But we live in perilous times. And we should know the seasons, and we should know the things that God's word has is going to bring to fruition. And without the winning of souls, without that righteousness, because Proverbs, it says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But the, when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. And so everything that we do, we need to bring Christ with us. We need to glorify Christ because he richly deserves it. And when we lift up Christ, men will be drawn to Christ. And that's all I have to say. Thank you guys for allowing me to speak. And I appreciate all of you. And this was a great conversation.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: God bless you. Gene
4: wants to add that, that Christ has a jurisdiction for his people, the jurisdiction of liberty, and he came to cap- to set the captives free. And free is at liberty. And a jurisdiction of liberty is his government, which is the Republic for the United States of America, for his people. He does have a government for his people in, in the New World, in the Western Hemisphere, uh, set apart from the Old World, which had monarchs that were pagan and tyrannical. And it was in the Republic for the United States of America where it's his people could have liberty that he made by his death and by his blood that this gentleman just described.
1: Gene hit on it. It's about jurisdiction. And our jurisdiction was stolen from us subvertly, which is the law of the nature, nature's God, and common law and turned into admiralty law um, under corporate law, UCC. And that's the code of statutes. And so we find that if we choose to live in enslavement under man's jurisdiction, then right off the bat we violate one of God's commandments and I should have no other gods before me. Or, in other words, there should be no, no uh, battle of the spirits as, as to which master we serve, whether we serve God or, or man's law. And so we've realized through our consortium of minds and comparing notes and, and understanding and, and testing God that that we can choose to live in his, his jurisdiction and under his covenant fully. If we disengage in a, to, in a degree and to attempt to educate and to set man free, and it goes back to... We the people, as you said at the beginning, the church is we the people, and that's why the Constitution is we the people, because it was that church of common believers that chose to send delegates and, and people to represent them to the halls of Congress and to stand up this country. And it morphed into a beast that instead of being a, another place of worship, And uh, following God's laws, uh, it became a a place of opportunity for the enemy to to come in. And so knowledge is a heavy taskmaster. Once we recognize who the enemy is and what he's done, then do we not have a responsibility to overthrow that and to throw off those chains of bondage and to serve the one true living God? And everything you brought to the table tonight I agree almost 100% with. And it takes God's people to have his kingdom.
0: I just have a a quick solution or a a quick solution for the 501C3 churches. Uh, You might check into the 508C1 church status, the IRS status. Uh, It's easier to to file that way at first than to get out of the 501C3, but uh, that's a remedy. Uh, I'm not an expert, but uh, I know... uh, a few other um, blog-type churches do that, and they can talk politics and whatever they want to talk about then without dealing with repercussions. And also, we were talking earlier about um, Romans chapter 13. Um, I think one of the answers to your, your uh, what you're seeking is in uh, Mark chapter 12, and this is the story where the Romans, um, the Pharisees, actually were asking, uh, Jesus and his disciples, is it lawful to pay tax?" And uh, what Jesus asked, was not paraphrasing, but uh, Jesus said, uh, show me a coin, show me a penny. And he said, Who's name, whose inscription is on it? And they said, Caesar's. And he said, uh, for him, this, this is really, this is a small scripture, but it's very powerful. Uh, he said, and Jesus answered the Pharisees and said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. And that's really pretty ironic because God, the creator of everything, owns everything. So, um, you know, I mean, Caesar's like playing claim to it, but God owns it. And Messiah yield. Thank you so much for that wonderful conversation today.
2: I just want to say thanks for everybody that participated here tonight. And and listen, every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your republic, your lawful du jour form of government here. The republic, this is your chance to engage with them every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They uh, they you know, inform the uh, American people for the first thirty minutes or so, and then after that we're allowed to engage politely uh We're not here to debate, but we're here to have discussions and 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 of course, give all glory to god and 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 try to restore you know uh our our republic lawfully and our de jure republic uh through God so that's what we're trying to do, and that's the purpose of this podcast Now Just imagine if there were seven thousand other podcasts just like this, and we all united together. And, and, and brought this message to the American people so all the ears can hear, and we can get all the voices together to participate across this great country. Just imagine what, what what type of remedy we would be bringing to the people and what service we'd be doing before God and giving all glory to God. Imagine how blessed we would be. That's That's my... Job, I feel, and that's my calling. Is that's what I like. To, that's what I like doing, and that's what I like seeing. And uh, surely, there's there's a reason why we've grown so much over the years, and we've had our ups and downs, and we've fought off evil, the chains of slavery, this government, this tyranny that they continuously they try to wrap around our necks and throats every single day. But you know what? There's good people like this out there, right here on this podcast, every single Tuesday at six p.m. Eastern Standard Time on this podcast, and it's such a great honor to have you guys out there and the people that call in and participate thank you because without you there wouldn't be no podcast and there I'll yield God bless the Republic
5: since I've been part of the Republic for over a decade I've seen many people because of the Republic it's God's government and they've received Jesus Christ and they've come forward in belief to me it's just amazing that's that's part of why I'm here also and God bless America. And, and let's not forget the Republic for United States of org. Go there and educate yourself and your family. God bless the Republic.